Is it possible to motivate action with love instead of fear? The short answer is absolutely. And in today's episode, we'll unpack that concept a little further. Do you feel like you compromise your values when you write marketing copy? Does creating ethical communication strategies perplex you? Imagine the business opportunities that would open up when you take a stand to market without manipulation. Now is the time. Disrupt your marketplace by using God-inspired marketing strategies to connect with your customers. Hear how other Christ followers in business are exchanging today's hype for authentic alignment. The Joyful Communications Podcast dives into ways to communicate effectively with integrity. Here's your host, Chief Communication Strategist, Joy Caps. In the previous episode, we looked at fear, why fear is so persuasive, and how many use marketing communications with fear. Then we unpacked what God's Word says about fear and 11 and a half questions to consider when using fear in your marketing. And while it is indeed possible to use fear ethically, there's an alternative emotion you can use that will reap many more dividends, and that emotion is love. You see, while fear is considered to be a fundamental or primary emotion used in the world today, love is the foundation for everything that is done or created by Christ-following business leaders. So join me as we examine why love is so powerful, how some use love to market, what God's Word says about love, and then ways that you and I can flip the script and use love in our marketing communications. So why is love so powerful? Well, love is an emotion that we all crave, desire, and hopefully experience at many points in our lives. Most people associate love with an affection for someone else, especially when it comes to sexual desire or fulfillment. While those perspectives of love do indeed exist, love goes much deeper than that. For decades, psychologists have written about and studied the need for love in humans and creatures great and small. Psychology Today says the desire to love and care for others is hardwired and deep-seated because the fulfillment of this desire enhances our happiness levels. In his well-known Hierarchy of Needs, American psychologist Abraham Maslow cited the need for love and belonging as an essential need for human motivation. Other sources say everyone has an intense need to be loved and nurtured. And some psychologists cite love as the strongest emotion, but it's a different form of love. You see, it's unconditional love where Most people feel absolutely safe and secure without a sense of scarcity, fear, or rejection. And that is what most people desire and is so very hard for humans to find. Even though some see fear and love as walking hand in hand together, love is ultimately more powerful because it can penetrate the deepest of anxieties. Writer Amy Beck put it this way, right alongside the fear that she was experiencing was love. Love was gentler and quieter. She said, if fear was a rock threatening to shatter me, then love was water offering to carry me along. And over time, fear became immovable, hard as stone. But love, that propelled me away from that mountain. 
Dr. Susan registered. She wrote that love is more powerful because it builds and encourages one's potential without hesitation, while fear destroys and greedily tries to ruin your life. Love mends with acceptance and encouragement, while fear tears you down with criticism and a judgment. Dr. Susan's robust list of comparison between love and fear goes on and on. So check out the show notes because I'm going to put a link to her post in those show notes. Let's move on. In in Judaism and Christianity, love is how we know and understand God. But why is love the most powerful emotion that we possess? Well, it's because love is a fundamental characteristic of God, and God is the source of love. In fact, everything God does is influenced by His love, from creating humanity, you and me, and everything else in the world. Genuine, authentic love comes from God. Right about now, you may be thinking, that's great, Joy, but what does the power of love have to do with marketing communications? I'm so glad you asked. You see, authentic marketing revolves around building relationships. To achieve long-term success, you must build a relationship between the brand that you represent, your business, and your audience. You see, love equals empathy and understanding, and that is a core tenet of solid marketing communications and copywriting for the brands that want to connect with their customers. Which leads me to my second point. How do some use love to market? Well, Seth Godin said it well. He said, it's easier to love a brand when it loves you back. And LinkedIn's lead commerce strategist, Justin Racine, puts it this way. He says, a brand's goal should be to sell products to customers and their goal should be to create connections. Those connections need to be tied to a feeling a customer has when seeing or using your product. So think about Apple or Tesla. Both brands have created an emotional relationship with their customers to the point that most Apple or Tesla users will tell you they love the product and the experience they have while using it. So how did the brands do this? Well, they spent time understanding what emotions they could inspire within their customers. They curated an experience and content that inspires their customers to think differently and build connections with their brands. Simply said, when a brand's content achieves a connection with customers, it becomes tangible and felt, even if the individuals aren't consciously aware of the connection. Once a connection has been made and the customer buys, the last element is the emotion and feeling that the customer experiences using that product or service. Some brands seek ways to establish genuine emotional connections. So there was a study that was done a couple of years ago by strategic communications agency, Abco Worldwide. Seriously, they surveyed about 70 thousand customers from 15 of the world's most important global markets. Their goal, they wanted to compile a list of the top 100 most loved companies. Through that study, they came to the conclusion that there's eight emotional triggers that evoke feelings of love for an organization. They include understanding, approachability, relevance, 
admiration, curiosity, identification, empowerment, and pride. In fact, Hershey is one of the largest chocolate manufacturers in the world, and they see generating and fostering love as a key component to developing loyal customers. And they have a lot to say about it in their marketing, advertising, and even in the interviews given by their executives. Jeff Fromm, president of Futurecast, puts it this way. I love this. Consumers date your brand until they decide that they love your brand. If they love your brand, guess what? They'll show loyalty. Now here's the rub. You and I have heard many marketers tout the best practice of connecting with customers is through that no like, and trust factor. But there's something missing from that equation. Do you see it? Love. Love isn't part of that equation. Here's the cool part. One exception I found was through an online marketer by the name of Paul Ram. And he added love into that actual equation and he broke it down this way. He said, no, well, that's when people see, when you get seen by your potential client. Like, that's when your potential client thinks about you. Trust, well, that's when your potential client takes action. And then love, well, that's when you convert them from a normal consumer into a brand ambassador. Now, here's a key point. He recommends not to sell in the know and like phases but only try to sell after the trust phase. If you're like me, these various examples start to make a lot of sense about why love is so important. But did you notice one thing that was missing from all the different examples I just walked through? Fear. Okay, sure, fear is there. It's ready to rear its ugly head and be used by marketers if they have to. But these examples and success stories have one thread in common. They focus on building positive connections and relationships that feed into love. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't share that not everyone advocates using love as a marketing technique. Remember that marketing occurs when you do things to promote or sell your products and services. And that said, Arthur Laura Kipnis, I hope I pronounced that right, in her 2003 book, Against Love, was highly critical of the use of love as a selling tool. She thought it degraded the emotion of love and reduced it to just another consumable good. She probably still feels that way since she wrote a book on it. This is what she said, and I'm quoting her. In the commodity culture, love conforms to the role of cheapness, and it gets spit out at the end of the assembly line in cookie cutter forms. It's marketed to the board and alienated producer consumers as an all-purpose salve to emptiness. My counter to Laura and Christ followers in business is to make sure the love you're using is authentic, genuine, and sincere. Now, before we move into the last two points of this episode, Let's check out a few stats that validate the use of love in marketing. According to customer engagement software company, Kornos, 85% of customers spend more money on a brand that they love. That makes a pretty compelling statement for creating customer relationships with love, doesn't it? And Forbes magazine, while they cite that brands create an emotional connection, well, if you do that, you receive three times word of mouth than those that don't. And last but not least, Morning Consult shared that 90% of consumers 
say they'd recommend a brand they trust to a friend. Do you notice how emotions like trust are tied to using love in marketing? So let's move into the third point. What does God's word say about love? Now, I get it. At this point, you may be thinking, why does what God's word say about love have anything to do with business or marketing communications? And I get it. That's an understandable question. But the answer is simple. You see, for God's children, also known as everyone, and especially for Christ followers in today's marketplace, God's word is the ultimate how-to guide for everything, including how we conduct business and produce marketing communications. And at the core of that ultimate how-to guide is one major theme, love. Since God is love, the Bible has a lot to say about it. From examples that demonstrate love, like the caring love shown by Boaz for Ruth or the deep friendship love between David and Jonathan, passionate love between Solomon and the Shulamite woman, and more and more. Now, there's also a selfless love. We, we call that agape love that God shows. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about the characteristics of this kind of love. Now, you've probably heard this before, but let's review, review it. Love is patient and kind. Love doesn't envy, boast, or dishonor others. Love is not proud or self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Love does not keep a record of wrong and doesn't delight in evil. Love rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Love never fails. Now, add one more character trait into that mix. Sincerity. You see, it's mentioned throughout God's word. And in fact, Romans 12, 9 states plainly that love must be sincere. Without going any further, I want you to think about those attributes I just listed. And ask yourself, are you using and showing them to others through your business and marketing communications? Now, let's hone in on that last point in the list. If love must be sincere, that means everything in your business and marketing communications must be sincere. So here's the question. Are there areas where sincerity is lacking or you find the motivation is just to get people to do things. If you or me find something like that, I want to encourage us both to be intentional, to tweak whatever we find until sincerity shines through brightly. As for myself, I try to intentionally exercise these attributes regularly like a muscle in a gym so it builds up and becomes the norm over time. But there's an issue I've encountered. Perhaps you have too. It's the tallest directive of all. You see, we are to love others as God loves us. And I don't know about you, but that's easier said than done, right? Since the Bible is filled with examples and promises about God's love, there is no way we could cover it all in this segment. But I think by now you get the idea. Now, before we move into the fourth and final point, I want to encourage you and me with two points from the ultimate how-to guide. First John 4.18 says that perfect love drives out fear. And Matthew 22.29 says to love others as yourself. Notice how God's type of love is a verb instead of a noun. Used as a noun, love finds people gravitating towards something. But used as a verb, love takes action. And that, my friend, 
is how Christ followers in business should show love by taking actions to intentionally show prospects and customers love. So if you're a Christ following business owner or business leader or marketer or whatever your title is, these principles apply to you personally and professionally. They apply to you and me. We are supposed to shine the light of love through all that we do, even our marketing communications. Since that's sometimes easier said than done, (laughs) as we've uncovered, what can you and I do to flip the script and integrate love into our marketing communications? Well, let's unpack ways to do that in this fourth and last point. One framework I recommend using to integrate love into your business and marketing comes from Dr. Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages. Have you heard of it? If you haven't read that book or taken the free online assessment, I want to encourage you to consider doing so. I'll include a link to those items in the show notes. The framework, while addressing how different people with different personalities give and receive love in different ways, is built around five core emotional love languages, which we all possess in one way or another. Those are gifts, affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, and quality time. Now let's look at each one of those and how we could use that in our business. Seriously, you can. Okay, so let's look at giving gifts. A simple breakdown looks like this. Gifts could be showing customers you care by offering discounts, loyalty programs, or no strings attached resources. You could tap into that love language of gifts by sending a personal email, handwritten thank you, welcome, or appreciation note. The simple act of offering recommendations or free workshops also shows your customer love. Here's an example, a real one that just happened to me the other day. A prospective client sent me a direct message about a workshop that he'd attended. And in that message, he casually revealed that he was struggling creating videos that resonated with his audience. Immediately, I felt the spirit remind me about a video framework that I had created for some of my paying clients. And I felt led that I was supposed to share it with this prospective customer. Now, that was me exercising the love language of gifts. And note, I didn't expect anything in return. And that's a huge key for showing love to prospects and customers, doing something without expecting anything in return. But much to my surprise, he did send me a thank you note. What about words of affirmation? Showing this love language in marketing communications is really easy to do if, and this is a big if, you're sincere, genuine, and you're not fake. So how do you do it? One way is with positive and encouraging words. A simple example is when someone gives you a positive customer review or takes the time to send you a comment, be quick to acknowledge it and say thank you. I know that sounds way too simple, but in today's negative me-focused landscape, saying thank you and being affirming to others is not as common as you think. Talk about an easy way to stand out and be memorable. Another way to weave affirmation into your marketing is by creating messages that empower and inspire your customers to take action. You can do this by sharing things like customer testimonials, case studies, and highlighting positive experiences that customers have had working with your products and services. But the key is it has to be authentic, genuine, and sincere. 
So now let's look at physical touch. You know, you may think about it literally, and I know I tend to do that too, but an example of a literal physical touch can be found in hugs. I love hugs. And kingdom-driven entrepreneur founder Shay Bynes has mastered this love language by giving out the most incredible hugs. And if you've ever been blessed to experience one, you know what I mean. Even a heartfelt handshake or thoughtful gesture like remembering to ask about their child who has been sick or some other personal event will literally touch and positively impact your customer inwardly. But you can impart love through physical touch in other ways. Start by evaluating physical touch examples demonstrated by companies like Apple who created an experience for their customers with their product packaging and design that is out of this world. Seriously, it is. If you're an Apple user, you know what I mean. You can also brainstorm ways to do something similar with your products and services, or consider other customer touch points that you could create. Even digitally, where prospects and customers see a consistent theme with your online branding and your sharing of relevant, valuable content they can use. Now, did you know that taking the time to write a handwritten note and mail it is also a form of showing love through physical touch? Why? Because snail mail is rare and the tactical experience of opening a card is more memorable than you realize. Okay, Let's look at acts of service and quality time. Acts of service is an easier way to show love in business and marketing. We see it happening all around us as companies of all sizes regularly tout the ways they give back to communities and customers. Even giving free resources on your website is an act of service. Just make sure that whatever you're doing, you're doing so authentically without anticipation of anything in return. Now, don't think, well, I gave them this free resource, so they better do X, Y, Z. That wouldn't be authentic. Now, here's another example of acts of service. It actually belongs to me. Recently, I surveyed my email list. You've probably done that before too, but as an added bonus, I added a little something to encourage people to complete the survey. You see, for every person who participated, I would put their name into a drawing to get a 30-minute advisory call with me. I actually gave, I believe, three or four of those sessions away, no strings attached. And here's what happened. It was very interesting. One recipient, when she got on the call with me, she was kind of taken aback. She wanted to know right away, what's the catch? Go ahead, sell me what it is you're going to sell me. Now, The offer was no strings attached. I was going to brainstorm marketing ideas or whatever the problem it was that she was experiencing. And she was literally blown away when I reiterated, no, I'm sincere, no strings attached. And I meant it. You can try a similar approach too. It will go far to build out your no like, trust, and love factor. And the cool part is word will spread when people realize how authentic you are. Okay, let's look at quality time. As a marketing strategist and copywriter, one way that I've learned to readily show people some quality time is by, believe it or not, writing conversationally. And you can do that too. Seriously, writing like you're having a one-on-one face-to-face convo with someone goes a long way to showing love through quality time. So make what you're writing 
in that format, but also make the focus about them and not you. Show your genuine understanding of what they might be experiencing. And instead of creating your marketing content for everyone, well, be very targeted and create it for just one person. Take the time to write marketing content that connects with one ideal customer, and that's going to create engagement with the right people and showcase love through quality connections. Even spending time on scheduled or impromptu coffee chats, that's offering quality time, provided you're not distracted by other things like your phone, etc. Okay. So now we've looked at the five love languages and how you can use them in your business before we wrap up, which is just around the corner. Let's look at a few other things that you can do to show love in your marketing communications. Ready? Write these down. You can list who your product or service is for. You know, many times you'll see people say who the product or service isn't a good match for. That's the negative, right? I've done that too, but what if you focused on the positive that's going to find you showcasing exactly who is a good fit for what you're selling and leaving any of those negatives out. You could present the transformation that your solutions provide by listing all the benefits your solutions offer, giving the reader hope. Now there's a whole session I teach on writing benefits versus features, and we'll save that for another time, but giving people hope for a better way or authentic transformation for a problem that they're experiencing is actually a way of showing love. In closing, showing love in your marketing communications, well, it's by writing authentic copy that shows empathy and understanding, putting your finger on the pulse of what keeps your customers up at night, showing that understanding and offering genuine, authentic solutions that fix that. But here's the key. I keep saying it over and over again. Authenticity, right? You need to say that you understand something and really, really mean it. Don't fake it or use it as a hook. Really mean what you say or write. Word to the wise. It's easy to tell when someone is insincere. So show love by offering a choice between positive transformation and keeping the status quo. When you persuade with love instead of fear, like many do, you're going to recognize and acknowledge the challenges your audience encounters. You're going to show authentic compassion and understanding, and you'll offer solutions to create positive transformation and give free tips that encourage and inspire. Okay. This wraps up this episode on love. I hope you found this discussion insightful. In our next episode, we'll dive into the concept of joy, not me, but the concept of joy, why joy is more powerful than happiness, how some use joy to market, what God's word says about joy. And best part of all is ways that you can use joy in your marketing communications and your business. Some of the content shared in this episode about love came directly from my book, Joyful Copy, How to Show Up in the Marketplace Ethically and Authentically. It's been described by some as a copywriting masterclass in book form, and boy, I'm humbled by that description. It's also available at most online retailers from Amazon to Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, and more. This first season of the Joyful Communications podcast is designed to take a dive into the joyful copy frameworks and how you can use those techniques in your business. 
This joyful copy framework hones in on characteristics found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and even Philippians 4, 8. And in upcoming episodes, you and I will look at each trait from the world's perspective and then unpack how and why to demonstrate each characteristic in your life and business. This wraps up the fifth episode of the Joyful Communications Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode or have feedback, feel free to reach out to me at joycaps.com. Better yet, I'd love it if you share this podcast with others and consider giving me a review and rating. Never miss a show by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next time, be blessed. Be blessed.